What is good, my divine dumplings? <laughs> I probably won't use that pet name again. But um, so just, you know, in some weird way, I'm really, really enjoying my Friday. Um, I hope that you are too. And I'm looking forward to the rest of the year when the days get longer and we can stay in the energies longer. But um, in a previous podcast, I had mentioned that I was listening to um, I think it was like an audio book, but the word divine connections came up and I caught on that um, the wording was plural. And um, so here I am almost 24 hours later and it made me, I just decided to just Google. I just typed in soul connection types. And the first thing that came up was types of soulmates. And so I'm going to go ahead and actually click on the, the article that popped up, but my intent for this one is if, you know, I've kind of mentioned, you know, the different types of relationships or structures that I have tried. And um, I love this because in a way it's liberating. It just opens your eyes out up to how many other different connection types out there are, are out there. That being said, I also want to keep help, you know, remind you to keep in mind as I read these are the beliefs surrounding this relationship limiting? I say that because these are only 12, but I would want to assert that there's 25 or even 100. And also, I think that, you know, I would be remiss in saying that I would encourage you to take the beautiful things from each of the different, con- excuse me, soul connections and make them your own, right? Um, and that's one of the things I think that with with any future relationships, even with, with family and friends, it's kind of like we have ideas of what, and, and maybe this could be a little bit of the, the Pisces uh, moon type of an aspect where it's really starting to shine through, where trying to just take in every single aspect, all of the strengths from each of the different zodiacs and the different perspectives. And um, a lot of you know that I've just been exploring what it, what does it mean for your North Node? How do you start to embody that? What does a transition look like? How do you absolve the disconnect, right? And so I was looking through, like for Virgo, it's I analyze, right? Which you see that a lot in a lot of things I do, right? I take something and I look at it and I'm like, it's not giving, it's not giving, right? So that's what we're going to do here. We're going to analyze these, but I want to encourage you to, based on your North Node, learn what it means to embody that. That means that you can either I believe it or I create it or I I feel it or I will or I am, right? Um, so let's kind of get into it. So it says, um, I'm actually going to be reading from mindbodygreen.com and it says, soul connections 12 types of soulmates and how to recognize them and this is by tanya carol richardson she's an mbg contributor and this was last updated on march 11 2020 uh let's kind of see how long this is am i gonna have oh yeah we'll have time wait a minute oh oh okay yeah i think we'll we'll get through this okay so she says are there people you feel 
who are destined to uh, you are you are destined to meet or people who make you feel at home whenever you're around them and I love that I want you to start to pay attention to the qualities and let's pull out the most beautiful ingredients feeling at home with someone right those same people might occasionally drive you nuts or even contribute to your um, most transformational wounds now that is loaded transformational wounds wow there are people with whom you have a strong soul connection or that we often refer to as soul as soulmates what is a soul connection a soul connection is when two people feel they are linked on a soul level in a significant or extraordinary way it's the sense that your link transcends the earth plane oh i love her writing style transcending the practical details of your relationship like being co-workers or lovers and that something much more brought you together or is at play you might feel you have known each other in a past life or that your souls agreed before this life to meet up now <laughs> reset your gut no that's an ad <laughs> no it's random okay so it says when I hear someone use the word, you know, and she put in quotes, soulmate, it often seems to connotate exclusivity. Okay. Spiritual teacher and best-selling author Tess Whitehurst tells MGB, MBG, Whitehurst, who has been in a romantic relationship with the same partner for 20 years, feels that the opposite is true. We, in fact, have many soulmates. <clears throat> I love that too. It really that ties into the abundance mindset. Bruh, I'm so going to be like <clears throat> perpetrating this message. What? Propagandizing this message? We have many soulmates. And as we're all part of a common humanity or spiritual connections, we're actually all linked on a soul level. How do you recognize a soulmate? Let's look at different types of soul connections, remembering there can certainly be overlap. Someone can be your soulmate in different ways. So let's get into the types of soulmates. So the first one is the soul partners. There are certain souls you agree to partner with in this lifetime, the most common type of soulmate. We, you might have agreed to be best friends, in-laws, raise children together, or open a business together. A soul partnership could be someone you know intimately for your whole life, like a beloved sibling, or it can be someone you barely know for a short time, like an influential person in your industry who offers you a big break in your career. Soul partners are specifically designed to help support you in this life emotionally, professionally, or in any other way you you require to accomplish and experience what your soul planned to do here on earth. And as I'm saying that, I was thinking of different people and it got me a little bit like sentimental, right? And it just makes those memories so much more beautiful. It says, none of us can do this life alone. And soul partnerships remind us how beautifully, masterfully, and intricately our lives are woven together. Number two is soul ties. Mm. I, when I think of this, I have the negative connotations of it, but let's put some healing to, you know, let's transform the wounds of what soul ties mean. 
When you feel a soul tie, it's simply the sense that another soul is in your life for a reason. For example, if your life is very busy yet you meet a new potential friend or potential business partner, the sense that you have a soul tie this person can inspire you to make room in your life for the relationship. So you went from being busy to being inspired to make room in your life for the relationship. Perhaps you're not on the mar- in the market for a pet, but when a friend says you need to give they need to give up their pet because they have to move overseas unexpectedly, your clair- clairsentient or feeling psychic pathway might give you the feeling that you have a soul tie with this animal and bringing it into your home is the right thing to do for both you for both of you. You might think of soul ties as the ties that bind, like Bruce Springsteen's song. Number three, past life soulmates. Hmm. Okay. Many Eastern religions and philosophies discuss the concept of past lives. I can always tell when a client has met someone they knew well in a past life by the way they describe the connection. If the connection is manifesting as a romance, they might say, I've never felt this way before. Hmm. When two people, when two souls have shared a significant past life together, or perhaps several, if they meet again in this life, they may be inexplicable inexplicably drawn to each other and the sexual chemistry can be off the charts. What people are feeling is the built-up energy over other lifetimes together and a soul recognition. Although you can have a soul recognition with any type of soulmate, the past life ones, whether you were at odds or best friends in a past life, are extremely powerful. According to Brian Weiss, MD, psychiatrist and past life regression expert, two souls could agree to reincarnate and navigate toward each other after spending 1,000 earth years apart, which is quite romantic. (laughs) Yet, just because you had a significant past life with someone and are feeling all the feelings, it doesn't necessarily mean you're supposed to partner romantically or otherwise in this life. And that's important, right? Because now we're talking about attachment styles, okay? And it doesn't diminish, you know, that title. I think we're learning how to deal with titles right now is the space we're in. It's okay to just be in a being. It says it doesn't necessarily mean you're supposed to partner romantically or otherwise in this lifetime. Judge the relationship by who you both are today and how you treat each other now. That is a whole gem right there. If you suspect a past life connection with the current lover, try to bring more healing to the situation, even if you break up. I have a podcast on um, conscious uncoupling. Um, I don't remember the name of the guy, but I did give him credit for that idea of conscious uncoupling. Um, You'll want to check that one out if this one resonates with you. It's very beautiful. Um, So it says, um, try to bring more healing to the situation, even if you break up. This might look like releasing them with love, wishing them well, yet out of your life. Often when souls come back together in this lifetime, they are looking to heal something or do better this time around. Number four, karmic soulmates. Listen, I remember getting entangled with these words and what they meant. Um... 
it's been a while since I've I've talked about it. Um, I feel a little bit removed from it, but let's look and see what it says. So it says, karmic soulmates are sometimes called, quote, oh shoot, called wrecking ball soulmates. I've never heard of that before. But instead of thinking of karma as good or bad or a system of punishment and reward, think of it merely as a neutral energy of cause and effect. Now, that is interesting. This might be an answer to something that I I was thinking about earlier. Hmm. We create karma with other people all the time through small and significant interactions. Every interaction with another person creates energy that can turn into karma. There isn't anything to fear, but something to be mindful of. Karmic relationships may come into our lives as change agents who facilitate, through positive, negative, or neutral interactions, opportunities or invitations to improve our karma. Oh, this is good. An opportunity or invitation to improve our karma. And this is beautiful because this is coming right off of the heels of um, how to deal with past life soulmates and them wanting to come back and be a better version of themselves. And so then here it's talking about looking at it as them being change agents and giving you the opportunity or invitation to improve your karma. And so that's talking about how we operate in our lives and the world so we can grow and evolve. Keep in mind that the soul craves new experiences, growth, and evolution. You know, and it's funny because the fixed part of me, I'm like, what do you mean I crave new experiences and growth and evolution? No, I... (laughs) But my soul craves new experiences. That's wild. Wow. Subconsciously, right? That's, That's... Number five, romantic soulmates. So after giving thousands of intuitive readings to clients all over the world, there are a few things I know for sure, as Oprah would say. One is that when we enter a significant romantic relationship or fall in love, there's a possibility we'll partner with this person. What's not only possible but definite is that we are being given the opportunity to heal to learn and grow because of the relationship. Even in the happiest or healthiest relationships, romantic soulmates can tend to tap dance. Ooh, girl, you're right in style. Romantic soulmates can tend to tap dance on your biggest wounds or challenge you in uncomfortable ways. And that's okay. Right, It goes back to that opportunity to heal and transform and the idea that they're, you know, there's a vibrational match that pulled them in and you're both on that same vibe. Um, yeah, when two souls enter a romantic relationship, they're also entering a classroom together. Wow, you guys, I love that allegory. Both of you are entering a classroom together. Because I've been talking about, you know, feeling like it's kind of the two best ways I can explain it is feeling like I took an elevator and the door has opened and now I've stepped out and I'm looking around and taking a 
you know, inventory of how everything feels and who's there. And um, I've also talked about getting promoted, you know, graduating from the third grade to the fourth grade. And it's like all of the confidence and everything I knew in the third grade, it's like fourth grade is different. It's just, but it's, this is like when you have a new person in, in class with you. I love that allegory so much. It says, I've had many clients and, and, you know, even on another level, like when you, when I remember, you know, one of the fun things is like when you're doing um like your BA or going to taking college classes or really anything certification or licensing classes and meeting all those new people who are in the classroom with you for that one moment in time to learn those themes that that oh, I'm you guys I'm gonna be I'm still gonna be copying this again I'm gonna be using this again <laughs> it says I've had many the reason I, I wanted to make the distinction between fourth grade and elementary versus college is because I was trying to to reconcile well what if that person flunks or stays behind um maybe that person can can transplant and go with you from the fourth grade to the eighth grade and then you know, move to another school. Um, And sometimes it could be just as short as for a trimester or a quarter or, you know, a semester or something like that. So something to just think about because, you know, part of the vibe I'm getting to is how do you let go of somebody who's no longer in the grade with you? You enter the classroom together, you learn the lessons, and then they're on to the next quarter or on to the next lesson or, on to the next level, but in a different, you know, I remember one of my good friends, not going to, her name was Denise, and she was from Brazil, and I remember when she came to school, and she had, like, short, kind of reddish hair, and with, like, she always had, like, a really, like, a cute smile with freckles, and I remember when she moved away, we used to pen pal each other, I loved it so much, but she moved to another, um, school and we eventually, you know, lost touch with each other. But it's that whole idea of, you know, you come together for that moment in time and then the release happens. And and how do we, you know, we have different ways of coping with, with that release, with people ebbing and flowing out of our lives. But I want us to give consideration of how we're treating the love interest relationships, right? And maybe we can be a little bit healthier. I think that it would have been beneficial to me when, with the release of my last relationships, some of the healing components was understanding, listen, we probably wouldn't have been compatible anyways. I think that the things that aggravated me were just like the deceit a little bit. Um, and then the way that, that the last one happened, like it was like kind of a little bit traumatic for me. Well, what? <laughs> but um understanding that I learned from them and that we can, it's easy for us to grow apart. And I learned my lessons and there could be even incompatibilities and be okay with that and learn to release. Okay. So I hope that's helpful to someone. Okay. So it says um, here, I've had many clients who met their ideal partner and said, I feel like I've been waiting my whole life to meet this person. It's always worth the wait find ways to fall in love with life working on believing a great romantic relationship is possible for you and get help to heal those romantic wounds from the past number six twin flames dun 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 let's see what it says here 
It says this popular term describes an intense soul connection and some people believe twin flames are actually one soul that has split into two bodies. According to the theory, twin flames can love, challenge, teach, and heal each other in a unique, powerful way. Emphasis on unique. <laughs> Yet, Whitehurst cautions against feeling like you need another person to co complete you. Hallelujah, right? That's a question. Is that a limiting belief? Whitehurst cautions against feeling like you need another person to complete you. Just remember there can be a shadow side of trying to fit people into a certain category in your life, including a spiritual category. And I think that that kind of talks to what I've noticed, like, I think we're a little bit hung up on titles, but I think that's the energy that I'm in right now. Could have to do something with planetary placements if you're probably feeling the same way too. But yeah, um, there can be a shadow side of trying to fit people into a certain category in your life, including a um, spiritual category, titles, right? While and, and so this what this article is, that's what I'm trying to do with this article. I want us to realize that there's so many more things. There's so many much more below the titles. And this is certainly not all that is out there. There's so much more. But I just wanted to open your eyes you know, from when we talk about, you know, regular traditional relationships, soul ties, some of you might be familiar with twin flames, but there's 12 and even more, right? While some believe the twin flame as the ultimate romantic experience, remember every relationship you enter with another person, romantic or otherwise, has the potential to help you achieve more enlightenment. Love, love, love. Number seven. Are you going to let me scroll up or no? Companion soulmate. I, right off the bat, I think I like this one. Let's see what it says. So it says companion soulmates, a.k.a. soulmate friends. Not all soulmates. I, okay, I think I'm going to like this one. Let's see. Let me, let me finish reading. Not all soulmates are romantic ones. Your companion soulmates, a.k.a. soulmate friends, can be equally important in your life. If you think of earthly life as a temporary journey of the soul, as some spiritual people do, you'll want to have interesting, supportive companions for the trip. Just like any character in an epic story or legend picks up companions along the way, <laughs> think of them as spiritual sidekicks. Oh my gosh, you guys, I'm going to call you that on one, on one of my next podcasts. I'm going to be like, hey, my divine spiritual sidekicks, I'm so coining that. Think of them as spiritual sidekicks, people who seem destined to be in your path so you both, in turn, can give each other love and encouragement when needed to keep going on your earth odyssey. <gasps> I love that. Remember, this is not romantic ones, but you can still give each other love and encouragement on their earth odyssey. I love that word too, earthly odyssey. Don't underestimate the importance of soulmate friends. Whether they are in your life for the long haul or just a few months, soul companions are necessary nourishment. Ooh. Just like the human body needs food and water, the soul requires companion soulmates. We've been talking a little bit like, you know, 
I think that, well, I kind of know, but my strengths with, you know, North Node Virgo are health and wealth, health and wealth. Relationships, you know, like to talk about it. But And so we've been talking about food and nourishment and nutrients, micro and macronutrients, right? And what distinguishes this is that they, you know, loving you is like food to my soul, right? How um, enriching and enlightening they can be and how healing and transformative they can be. And I love too that it says your soul requires it. I think sometimes what we want to fast or um, not not really consume or cut off. And, and so the same way you wouldn't go for 30 days without, you know, eating or, you know, there, there's there's hermit mode and that type of thing. But what I'm trying to say is the same way your soul requires, you know, your body needs food, your soul requires companion. Pay attention to that. You know, who are you? Um, like, I pay attention to, to my groceries, right? And what I'm trying to say is don't don't get to the point where you're just cutting off people because you've been hurt. Um, and when you see the beauty of this type of person coming in, appreciate it for the moment you have it. Um, and allow it to nourish your soul. And I think the thing that I'm also trying to drive home to is with nutrients is there's different facets of friends, you know, get you a, a, you know, one from each of the 12 zodiac signs and see how you engage with them and see how they heal you and how you can bless them, right? So now that I'm self-aware, I can preface my conversations and say, I am an analyzer, um, sun sign I also create and and um, moon sign I also believe so let me you know add love to you in those areas you know in a way that's healing that's high vibrational so I hope that kind of helped a little bit are we going to get through all of them <laughs> I think this might be a little bit long so just bear with me number eight soul families and soul groups now this is interesting because this could be a whole podcast by itself and it's funny this kind of came came up to the top of my mind and here it is here but sometimes it's easy to get hung up on who our blood family is but understand that in part of the creating your own ecosystem and paradise in your own eden right is you get to pick who is your soul tribe i think that is awesome right and soul groups there are, you know, the same way I talk about how um, I've been joking about it, but I want to just remind people, it's like, if you're into horse and buggy, you know, and horse and carriage days, then trust me, there are men and women in a community for that. There are communities of, of men and women who like to have high lay counts. There are um, um, men and women out there who are into more modern relationship styles. There are men and women out there who have different beliefs, people who like to travel, people who like to do fine dining cuisine, people who like, excuse me, art or those type of things. So there's always going to be things that, that um, are part of your soul groups. Like for me, one of my favorite all pastimes is sip and paints love me a good sip and paint, right? So it's about finding people that share common interests. Let's see what they have to say here. So it says, um, large groups of souls can be linked in soul 
large groups of souls can be linked in soul families. They can show up as as actual family members in this lifetime, like a cousin who is not only part of your earthly family, but also your soul family, or as people working toward common goals who never never meet, like activists around the world working for a similar cause or spiritual seekers working to bring more love and awareness to the planet. Sometimes one soul will incarnate to help Try to help heal something in the family line, like a pattern of addiction, abuse, or disease. Mm. It's almost giving me like fairy godmother type of God, type of vibes too. I swear my niece, she manifested me. I'm like very much her fairy god auntie type of a thing. Um, but that's how I also felt about my grand aunt, you know, um, But again, these things, you know, these type of people are there specifically to help you with patterns of breaking generational um, stuff like curses like addiction, abuse, or or disease. All right, I'm going to cut the podcast here because I can only record for 30 minutes, but I'm going to finish the last three. All right, so just stay tuned. You'll hear me on number nine. Okay, so number nine, kindred spirits. I've heard the term, but I'm not too familiar with it. So let's find out what this means. It says kindred spirits aren't always soulmates, but they certainly can be. Kindred spirits are simply people who really understand you. Okay. You might feel a kindred spirit is someone who shares the same spiritual beliefs you have or agrees with you about cultural issues to the point you could finish each other's sentences. Gotcha. Mm. A kindred spirit might also be someone who has had a similar life experience to yours, like you are both elementary school teachers, both have, a newborn, have newborn babies, and are both married to working artists. It's incredibly peaceful to be with another soul who just gets it, or you. Yeah, those are nice moments. And and I love how she's writing this because it's it's really flowing from one into the other. Uh, you kind of got a little hint of that with the soul families and soul group. And yeah, just I love the way that she put this because it almost seems to flow to just flow one into the other, but um, you can see the common commonalities in them. Mm. Number 10, soul contracts. Intuitive and spiritual teacher Robert Ohodo describes soul contracts as agreements you made on a soul level to do certain things in this lifetime. You might have a soul contract to mentor a certain child or write a certain book. These contracts can be renegotiated. Oh, yes. You know what? I have, okay, that makes me feel so much better. I'm going to talk about this maybe in another podcast, but this is this is for someone else too. This this cannot be just for me. So this says these contracts can be renegotiated. So if you're in a toxic situation, leave or change the dynamic to a healthier one. Yet feeling you have a soul contract to do something challenging 
like start your own business, can give you the inspiration and stamina to make it through the difficult moments of that journey. Knowing if you have a soul contract around something or someone in your life is all about learning to follow your intuition. I will say this, right before I got on this podcast, I was just looking up some stuff on my natal chart and I can see why some things happened in the past, like even, you know, some karmic debt and you know, you always see that word, but now it makes sense. And it's like, okay, I've paid my dues. Now, that being said, one of the things I felt like I renegotiated in in my, um, <clears throat> what could possibly be a contract, and, and it could be in any other area too, right, was just, I don't want to be that girl that guides me and I'm, you know, having these spiritual conversations with you and it, it's enlightening you. I like, I was like, I don't care if it's in my soul contract. We are renegotiating that. And part of it too, in the sense that now I understand my role a little bit better and I can still have conversations with other masculines. Um, but now I understand it, it could be basic, but it's like, I'm not going to get into intimate relationships with them. Right. But, um, yeah, that's one example. Because I think some of us, especially if we consider ourselves to be divine feminine, you're that girl that's like the one that got away. You're that girl that's like, because you're loving and you're you're wanting to give and sometimes could be even in chaser mode. Um, it, it's like you have to set healthy boundaries, right? But um, I think the other special or important component here is, is that I'm going to try to drive home is... I've been talking about, um, you know, burning my boots, burning my cape, burning my cross, and all of those things have to do with sacrifice. Um, And so moving from, you know, I believe in the spiritual, like woo-woo and the sentimental and the low vibrational, which is I'm going to sacrifice myself for the greater good of everyone I'm willing to put my life down on the line and you know I put my life down on the line and and it's not appreciated and life just goes on right it's like no I hung up my cross my my boots my cape and I don't have to sacrifice myself and and for those of you who have been with me on this journey the time that we were going through that, I was pulling oracle cards actually from the Divine Masculine deck, dealing with what one of my favorite and one of the last ones I did was on um, Achilles, right? Um, I can still see that picture. He was looking up to his commander in chief and he was suited and booted in the sense that he was out there for war. He understood his mission, his purpose in life, but he wasn't trying to get hurt and damaged in the process. He wasn't, he was trying to get home. He wasn't trying to lay down his life for anybody, right? It's like, sometimes I feel like lower vibrational, we're willing to sacrifice our well-being, our happiness, our joy to teach these lessons and you don't have to do that. You can renegotiate your contract and many, maybe in many ways, that's part of the healing component, depending on what, what your placements are. Right. I know that had to be for somebody, man. Um, 11 soul teachers. I already, I, I can tell, like, please send me more soul teachers. I've been kind of, yeah, I, I really am in a place where it's kind of like when your soul is ready, the teachers will come. I, I'm ready for some new teachers, like, 
we're we're going into spring, ending of the, mm, which is funny because the new year starts in the spring. But let's see what it do, and you know, you all know, I'm going to share it with you. So it says, a healer or mentor can come into your life via divine timing because they're a soulmate teacher. It could be the college professor who encourages you to go after a certain major or career path or the counselor or naturopath. And I've been seeing that word a lot, naturopath, which is very perfect for the health component of of what I'm trying to understand more. But a naturopath is somebody who... Um, gives you like herbs and teas and foods and healthy lifestyle insights. I'm so going to look into this right after I get off. Oh, you know what? Forgive me, you guys. I'm going to actually put this in my YouTube search engine right now because. Oh, my gosh, I'm so. gonna look into this oh wow okay 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 cool 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 um it says or the counselor or naturopath who teaches you how to better manage your anxiety sometimes a soulmate might show up to teach you by challenging you to do something different from what they recommend to teach you by challenging you to do something different from what they recommend teaching you the value of thinking for yourself Mmm, I love it. I love it. Soulmate teachers are very special, sacred relationships, and each of us has been in both roles. I think that's important for you to understand, too. You know, um, not to be selfish. You're not always just give me, give me, give me. But understand that if you identify as a divine feminine or divine masculine, part of the consciousness is understanding when... One of my, you know, one of my friends, she's a Libra. She, I'm, I'm telling you, she has this thing where, and she goes, she um, does like massage therapy. But before she went into that, it's like one of these things where she'd be talking to you. And if like, if necessary, she would just put her hand like over your heart. But only if you allow her, right? It's like you have to be in a in a space or a vibe or a connection with her type of a thing, right? And um, she absolutely understands her role as a teacher. So she's not always going into relationships for, are you going to give me joy? Are you going to give me enlightenment? Are you going to give me love? Are you going to pay attention to me? Are you going to listen to me talk about different things? She she comes in and um, it's kind of like, okay, I'm here to teach, you know, um, and, and see what area it is based on my experience that I can, I can bring healing to you, right? Understand that you are both, okay? Just wanted to kind of, you hear the silence on it. I, I really want you to marinate on that a little bit. I don't want us to just skip over this understand that you know there there's balance and now you're paying attention to how you deal with the cashier and the person who details your car and the you know the hairdresser and person who does your mani and pedicure and your day-to-day transactions how are you dealing with your family your friends what are you teaching them 
Have you been paying attention to what you're pouring into them? What are the lessons that you're teaching them? Are you teaching them how to love? Are you teaching them what loyalty means? Are you teaching them what confidentiality and friendship means? Are you representing yourself and your purpose accurately? I'm going to leave one of those things alone, but okay. So it says, soulmate teachers are very special, sacred relationships, and each of us has been in both roles, student and teacher, whether we realized it at the time or not. And so what's interesting there, like I said, it's so funny because it's like, if if you weren't conscious and out, conscious before, if you weren't consciously engaging with people, you know, I'm recording this at nighttime, but it's timeless. And so as you're going through your day and going through your week and even looking at your coworkers, it's like, wait, what am I teaching people? Like even in my family, like the time has passed, but I was the only girl and I was the hugger of the family. Right. So love to hug my, my little brothers, love to hug my parents. And it's funny because each one of them have their different personality types, but I know that part of my role was the daughter and the sister and the big sister. And part of my responsibility was the hugs, right? Um, which are very important. And I think I won't go into all of their stuff, but it's just, it. you know, I serve my purpose in that aspect. Of course, there's many other layers to family dynamics, but I just you know, hope that that's helpful in some way. Number 12, soul crossings. Have you ever heard the cliche, ships that pass in the night? Yes. And this is so funny. I was thinking about this last week, y'all. This is crazy. I was, but but I was thinking about trains crossing in, in the night. That's the, the analogy. But I've heard the cliche, ships that pass in the night. Soul crossings, hmm? It's a phrase used to describe someone who comes into your life, but the timing and circumstances are not conducive to a long-term relationship. The timing and circumstances are not conducive to a long-term relationship. This phenomenon can happen with friends or lovers or colleagues when for a short moment, in time, you are thrown together and share amazing experiences and awakenings. Even if someone doesn't stay in your life long, like a freelancer who works at your company for nine months, whom you become close to until they move to the other side of the country, or a lover you meet on a retreat and, oh, a lover, hmm. or a lover you treat on a lover you meet on a retreat, and four months later, oh, they tragically pass. Yo, I, I, let's yeah. It's still a soul connection. In the case of the friend, you two might always treasure your time together and the lessons you learned, but your lives are too busy to keep the keep up the friendship in a significant way. In the case of the lover who passed, you might think of this person fondly for the rest of your life or even consider them a spirit guide. Soul crossings teach us mm, soul crossings teach us not to judge the importance or depth of a soul connection by the length of the relationship. Whoa, now that was a doozy. That was deep. 
teach us not to judge the importance or depth of a soul connection by the length of the relationship. <clears throat> hmm. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes the um <clears throat> article by Tanya Carol Richardson. So I've already exceeded the 30 minutes, but um I hope that was helpful. Let me just go back to the three types of soul connections. Karmic, soulmate, twin flame. How many types of soulmates are there? Three types. Are there different kinds of soulmates? Hmm. Eight types of soul connections. Let me click on it. If it's a video, I'm just going to read the titles, but I'm not going to, I don't want to make this too long. So there's soulmates, twin flames, karmic relationships, kindred spirits, soul partners, past life soulmates, soul ties, soul teachers. Okay, so for whatever reason, this person decided to just pick eight and maybe may have consolidated you know, why they chose 8 versus the 12. Soul connection, 12 types of soulmates. And I am getting a little bit sleepy, so there's romantic soulmates. This is from medium.com. Romantic soulmates. Intellectual soulmates. Yes, please, and thank you. These people are intellectual equals and enjoy sharing knowledge about topics ranging from literature to geography to music. Yes, please, and thank you. They feel a natural curiosity for one another and learn from each other constantly, which often makes them best friends as well as soulmates. This type of relationship can suffer if both people don't stay engaged in the conversation. They may also grow bored of each other quickly due to having stark differences. You know that, and 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 I could probably see that because um, if 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 I were to meet my vibrational match right now, I do kind of get bored easily. So I will get into a, a topic, like I'll probably go down the rabbit hole of naturopath, and by tomorrow night, I'll be like, hey y'all. So let's talk about roller coasters. And you're like, what? You were just talking about naturopathic properties or something like that. But but at the same time, I think that if I'm aware of that, I I would know how to alchemize or transmute that energy or or what it would mean to maintain it, right? Not to um hold on to it or to attach to it, but it's kind of like if if it's good and a part of it has to do with me understanding or being conscious of, of, of the differences and how to handle it. It can work, but, um, and we, I'm pretty sure this is going to come out again, but there was something that when we were re- when I was reading the 50 universal laws, the importance of releasing. So things come in, you enjoy them for that time. And, and you got that in the previous article we were listening to, but, um, a part of that, that first article, I don't know if you got it was it, it talked about the ebb and the flow, people coming in and out of your lives. And sometimes I think that we want to stay attached to them. I think we might need to revisit attachment styles 
Um, I'm not going to promise. I, it's one of those things, like I said, I get bored easily or it might come up like even this summer and then I'll just jump in and we'll look at attachment styles. But I think that that's something to keep in the back of your mind. Allow there to be ebb and flow. Some are long, some are short, some are passing. Some have different meanings or teach us different things. But that that article wasn't even so much about the attachment as much as the ebb and the flow in and out okay and how we deal with the out kind of affects us too spiritual soulmates so these people share similar values and the same belief systems they may describe themselves as being on a similar path or have a shared destiny yeah i think for shared destiny like i would love to have a community of virgo north noters because like i said um one of the things we're learning to embody is nutrition health um Anything having to do with with eating healthy, exercising, that's one component. And and also the wealth component too. And we have a certain communication style and the way that we look at and analyze different things. So to me, that's kind of like the combination between intellectual soulmates and spiritual soulmates, right? It says... Um, share similar values, same belief systems. These type of soulmates love to care for their partner, often making them an excellent parent for those with children. Okay, a little different. One downside is that this type of relationship can become codependent very quickly, but that's kind of like um, what was happening too, I think, with the um, intellectual soulmates. Although this one, they seem to probably just grow bored and go in their own separate ways. But just pay attention to also codependency. And that's why I think it's going to be important for us to talk about attachment styles. Maybe we'll talk about it next week. I'm not going to, I've learned not to promise stuff because I will just be intrigued with it. I will literally pop off of here, look for an article, get what I need to get out of it. And I'm on to the next thing. And I don't necessarily want to come on and talk about it. So, but just keep that in the back of your mind. You can probably research it for yourself. Also attachment styles and what codependency means. Okay. So we already talked about twin flame, karmic soulmates, kindred soulmates, soul families, and soul groups. Business soulmates. All right, let's look at this one. It says they are meant to do business together, whether it's starting a company or working side by side in another capacity. Perhaps they'll even marry and have children together, creating an empire that will continue for generations to come. One downside is that the relationship sometimes forces people apart if one person pushes too hard or falls behind. Okay. Um, you have twin souls, which is different than twin twin, because up here I think twin twin flames is four. So what's twin souls? Twin souls are meant to join together into one soul, but instead become two halves during this time and world. Their connection is especially strong, though they may still feel incomplete or not whole. This type of soulmate is often very rare. Yeah. Listen, I'm not trying to attach myself to that. That's for sure. Twin souls. Twin souls are meant to join together into one soul, but instead become two halves during their time in this world. <laughs> Listen, when I tell you, I'm going to just gently back away from that and close the door and never walk into that building again. I want no parts. Um, 
co-soulmates. So um, the people who are meant to be co-soulmates have two halves of the same soul, but instead choose separate paths in this life. They share a deep spiritual connection that transcends the physical, but are not meant to travel this life together. Mm-hmm. The biggest downside of this type is that their paths may never cross and they'll miss out on a lifetime together. Yeah, you know what? I have been feeling that kind of energy. That's interesting that it came up like this. Like I said, I'm learning not to attach to titles. It's nice to know about this, um, but I'm not going to necessarily attach to this. But I, 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 um, I actually, this resonates with me. And for those of you who've been listening to my podcast, you will have heard when I talked about this type of energy, not knowing this title. That's that's pretty cool. But I do, I actually do believe in this. Like that resonates with me. But anyways, there's platonic soulmates. They share an unbreakable bond, even though they're not romantic soulmates or twin flames. They connect through activities such as playing sports together or being in an in an after-school club. One downside is that people may not realize they're they're platonic soulmates until their late teens. Mm. Interesting, because then this talks about childhood soulmates. I think that should go without, you know, that's self-explanatory. And then the last one here is parallel soulmates. These people come together to learn something new about themselves. They are not meant to be very close or spend a lot of time together. One side, one downside is that one person may grow more quickly than the other, causing them to drift apart. Y'all, this is a very good article here if you want to check it out. It's by medium.com, written by Sally Muf. Muzafaru. It was written on October 31st, 2021, last year. Um, and the spelling of his name is S-S-A-L-I M and last name M-U-Z-A-F-A-R-U on medium.com. Soul Connection 12 Types of Soulmates. Which am I? I really like how he put this together. Short, sweet, and to the point, but he brought other facets of, you know, soul relationships and that parallel soulmate one is really interesting to me also because it's another component that I've been wanting to address. But I think at this point, I'm giving myself that it might come up maybe in a week, maybe in a month, maybe in a couple of months. But understanding that when you come into relationships, it the possibility is there that you can drift apart or you can grow apart. It both of you could be growing, but it means that you can be going into a different, you know, the person that I am between last year and this year is completely different. The person that I am than when I was end of 2019, completely different, right? And so I'm pretty sure that it's going to be helpful and I will look for ways to look for her how you can um, have tools and resources and be intentional and conscious about making sure that you're growing together. Um, and I think that communication plays a huge role in that, right? Communicating with each other, your thoughts, those bedtime talks, when you're falling asleep or taking the time to have the dates and, and talk about different things and what's going on with, with you at work, right? 
I really love that. So that means we came up with like, was it 12? I would say so 12. This is 13, 14, 15, 16, 16. Is that 17, 18? Yeah, so it came out came out to about 18 different types of um, soulmates. And like I said, I think that there's so many more. I was just kind of looking to see what else popped up here. What is this? Yeah. All right, but I'm sleepy, y'all. I'm going to go to my bed now. Ah, today was a good day. I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Um, I I might end up waking up in a couple hours. If I do, I'll, I'll probably pull a deck. I'm not sure if I'll pull from um, a Divine Feminine deck or do the Food Oracle deck. So we will see. I might do a Sexual Tarot, a Sexual Magic deck. I'm not sure. There's something I wanted to talk about. But um, I think maybe, maybe... Um, I will see if energetically I need to do it this week or next week, but it's something coming down the pipe pipeline. Cause I think there's some stuff I need to address before I do that, that podcast and continue to do those types of podcasts. So I'm at that moment where I'm so sleepy, but all I need to do is stop, press stop recording. <laughs> so it's so much easier to just talk until it either like runs out and then I can just fall asleep. But um, I hope that these messages are a blessing to you. I hope that you enjoy analyzing these components with me. And um, I try to remember to put comments. If if I um, leave a comment, like I don't put the comments on this one, comment on something else, you know, and I will remember to come back and comment, like open up the comments. But um, I read any comments that come through. And, um, yeah, let me know what you think. And I want to encourage you to start to think about what it means for you to transition from your sun sign or your, your south node to your north node. Uh, you know, what does it mean to cultivate your north node and embody that in the way that you view these types of things and these conversations? Because I think sometimes we get stuck in our sun sign, you know, um, and we embody that to death and we we miss out that we're here to transition to understanding, you know, that's our assignment. Our North Node is our assignment. So if you are here to either, you know, I am or I feel or I will or I care or I believe or um, I create or I analyze, you know, I want to encourage you to look at this through those lens, okay? Yeah, I'm just going to let this thing run out. I swear, like, as soon as this is done, I'm going to just take a little bit of a nap and fall asleep. And then um, we will see. Oh, this is crazy. I just need to press stop recording. (laughs) Ah, All right. Until the next pretty podcast, it has been my pleasure. And is there anything else? No. hear my fur baby he's all right bye